Welcome to a special edition of the Middle East File, presented in collaboration with the International Religious Freedom Summit. Today's episode is part of the IRF Summit Authors' Corner and was recorded live at the IRF Summit 2022 in Washington, D.C. To learn more about the IRF Summit and to find the full video version of these interviews and much more, visit irfsummit.org. Now, on to today's episode of the Middle East File. Hello, welcome to interview nine of the Authors' Corner series from the Religious Freedom Institute. I'm Todd Heisinga, Senior Fellow for Europe, and I have the honor today of interviewing Bob Fu of China Aid. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Todd. Let me introduce you a little bit. Bob is a life member of the Council on Foreign Relations and founder and president of China Aid. He is one of the leading voices in the world for persecuted faith communities in China. He earned his PhD in the field of religious freedom from the University of Durham, and he is the editor-in-chief of the Chinese, Chinese Law and Religion Monitor Journal. And I'm here to interview Bob for his latest book, The Politics of Inclusive Pluralism, a Proposed Foundation for Religious Freedom in a Post-Democratic China. Well, welcome, Bob. It's a great honor to uh, be speaking with you. Oh, honor uh, to me uh, is really uh, to meet with you, Todd. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really, I so much admire what you're doing for China and your, your courageous activism throughout the years for religious freedom in China. So your book, A Proposal for a Future Democratic China, what are the prospects for a post-communist democratic China? When do you see that happening? Yeah, I mean, this is a part of my dissertation uh, from um, the University of Durham, my PhD uh, in the UK called Thesis. And um, so the uh, publisher decides to uh, edit and publish it. So uh, the theme uh, is really uh, based on the presupposition uh, that uh, the inevitability of uh, a democratic uh, post-communist and even uh, Christianized, uh, pluralistic uh, China. And uh, so you ask me how uh, like uh, optimistic I am, yes. or um, I'm certainly very optimistic. Um, primarily, number one, of course, uh, we know who controls the history. Uh, the Lord, yes. you know, uh, is in control, and He always has His greater purpose, uh, even for the history of China. Number two is uh, based on the even sociological survey uh, uh, in, uh, within the uh, Chinese uh, uh, society. It shows that um, in the past 80 years under the Chinese Communist Party, the growth of Christian uh, population uh, already incre- I mean, has uh, uh, come to uh, over 100-fold from like uh, less than one million when Communist Party took power in 1949, and to now, uh, the Purdue University, uh, Indiana, uh, the already uh, after a few years of uh, sociologist survey and study, um, the projected, uh, I mean, not only projected, they concluded uh, today the number of Chinese Christians uh, has already reached to at minimum 100 million. Uh, even they said, some even said, uh, perhaps already reached to 130 million. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. That's almost 10% of China's population. Yeah. Not only that, um, in uh, 2030, according to their projection, it, even with the slowest uh, speed of growth, if there is less persecution, they said, because they found the more persecution, the faster growth. Yes. They said it will, uh, by 2030, the number of Chinese Christians will definitely reach to uh, at least 244 million. 200, that's, yeah, two thirds of Americans' population. And according to the experience uh, from uh, the, both the South Korea and uh, Taiwan, and uh, several other countries uh, in their democratization process, in their history, when uh, uh, a Christian population start reaching to a threshold, uh, you know, 10% or something, um, that will be inevitable. I don't think uh, the Communist Party leaders uh, have realized how helpful they are to the kingdom of God by even persecuting his church. So that's the book I kind of wrote based on that uh, theory okay. and well, reality. That's, that's excellent, that's excellent. I remember from David, David Aikman's book, Jesus in Beijing, yep, that's part of one the, thing I never forgot was how he was saying that for many Chinese Christians, their ambition was to go from China west to Israel and basically commit, yeah. co complete the circle. Yeah, very, so very inspiring. It is. Very inspiring. So, yeah. so, so, so you are seeking an adequate pluralistic foundation for religious freedom for everyone yes, yes. in China. Um, and you kind of come up with what you call, uh, well, well, inclusive pluralism, but you call it a contextualized principled pluralism. That's right. Could you explain, first of all, principled pluralism and um, what you mean by contextualized? Yeah, so I, in my thesis, uh, basically I uh, compare the two uh, uh, f different uh, philosophy of uh, um, kind of uh, uh, pluralistic society. Um, one is a Christian theory um, called uh, principled pluralism uh, by uh, Abraham Kuyper and later on developed by a few modern scholars. Uh, their first experiment, of course, is in uh, Netherlands, uh, when Ibrahim uh, Kuyper, as a theologian, as an educator, and a statesman, served as a prime minister in the uh, late 1800 uh, and early 1900. So he was my hero, and I even went to his study room in Netherlands and visit there. And um, he uh, basically, uh, from a Christian worldview, uh, he envisioned uh, uh, a pluralistic society uh, based on uh, the um, God's kind of a bigger economy in the society, uh, the, uh, the different uh, uh, kind of sector, you can call it. Mm -hmm. So it's not a singular, like uh, a pyramid-made uh, structure of, uh, you know, like a state or, uh, you know, church. Uh, but instead is a parallel, like God created, 
you know, family as an institution, uh, is a, uh, economic sector, state, uh, the government or magistrate, they call it, mm -hmm. or uh, of course uh, the um, uh, civil society, uh, education sector. So he basically felt that this is uh, each each uh, different uh, section uh, are uh, um, are uh, relatively sovereign, mm -hmm. and uh, but God, of course, uh, in His divine uh, common grace, uh, kind of. Uh, 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 has his principle applied, um, but none should interfere the other, um, especially on the church and state sector. So the government cannot do, you know, tell like the church how to worship. You know, kind of uh, that concept um, that's known as a principle pluralism. Um, in comparison with the other, I call it non-pluralistic Christian theories. Mm -hmm. um, such as in American context, there is a, a kind of a, a called a Christian nation, or you know, kind of this kind of theory uh, based on a more um, singular, uh, you know, v, uh, view uh, in a in an Old Testament uh, uh, context, yes. uh, like uh, oh, you know, it has to be only Christians in, in the in the ruling or uh, you know everybody else subject for uh, almost uh, you know uh, um, uh, uh, one religious uh, kind of overall um, and the, on the other hand in the other spectrum of theory um, especially in modern society in the Western uh, uh, democratic societies I um, uh, studied hard uh, the theory of uh, political liberalism mm -hmm. by the famous author uh, John Rawls from Harvard University. And uh, so relatively, he already, among all the liberal scholars, he was treated as a kind of a very open-minded uh, to try to find a way uh, to how to keep all the different worldviews in harmony in uh, um, in a competing kind of a uh, world, um, uh, I just found um, you know in his uh, openness. Uh, I still in a PhD dissertation have to find something, and I did find something that uh, he uh, is called theory of containment. He would still propose right. that yeah. you can't you know allow. I mean, in the modern uh, language, like uh, the fundamentalist, uh, maybe evangelical Christian, are under the subject of containment. Mm -hmm. And he singled out many ways. Um, so anyway, in China, I did a survey you know, on the, both the history and, of course, uh, the uh, uh, theological deliberation uh, inside the Chinese church context. I found that either model um, would not be uh, uh, kind of uh, applied easily in a post-communist uh, uh, country, you know. So, so neither, neither, uh, neither liberal democracy, Rawlsian liberal democracy, nor principled pluralism. That's right. Yeah. Um, here's a, you know, I find the, the, the flaws um, that I call it contextualized is to really to uh, put it in the context of China for the uh, principle pluralism uh, because it, it was created, uh, established in a 
really Christian, predominantly Christian culture background in the Netherlands, right? right. So in the constitution, they still have, you know, God and uh, like a Christian structure in a very explicit way. Uh, I think uh, China, of course, you have the 5,000 years history with the Confucius, Taoism, you know, all these uh, uh, different competing uh, uh, Christian faith actually came only 200 years ago by Robert Morrison, right, uh, in 1807. So um, how do you, like, uh, uh, reconcile on that? Uh, so you, we can't, even in a post-communist China, uh, with uh, uh, kind of a dem democracy and pluralism, uh, you can't, like, even with the 20% of Christian faith, even the president is, uh, is a Christian, a future China, mm -hmm. uh, you can't just impose, uh, you know, one religion right. and uh, in the constitution, uh, you know, that's not the, the spirit of uh, the, uh, the uh, religious freedom. Right. Uh, and on the other hand, I studied the model uh, of uh, what's happening in the US, in the UK, in uh, the uh, Australia uh, and uh, United Kingdom, I mean uh, Netherlands, uh, and French too. Uh, so I, I use the um, how religious education is being treated in these societies, and uh, of course uh, found uh, they all have their flaws, uh, and that's why we are still the Supreme Court in the U.S. still are every term ruling on religious freedom uh, uh, issues, and yeah. they're, uh, so that's the problem of John Rawls, I think. Right, right. Um, uh, so yeah, that's yeah. why I uh, come up with this model of inclusive pluralism. Yes, um, and, and you call it. Um, okay, I'm going to try to pronounce it. Baorong Doyuan. So, and and so, translated inclusive pluralism. Okay. But if I write, yes. if I may ask, mm -hmm. I thought it was very interesting that you, you yeah. you said that you got Baorong Doyuan from a Chinese poem. Yes. Let a hundred flowers blossom and a hundred schools School of, of thought. Yeah. Um, and you talked a little bit about the importance of poetry in Chinese thought. Yes. I thought that was very interesting. Could you say something about that? So you took it yeah. from a poem? Yeah, in Chinese terms, it's called uh, uh, the Bai Hua Qi Fang. Um, yeah, Zhong <coughs> Ming. I just, uh, excuse, <coughs> excuse me, the translation of that context uh, yes. of uh, what you already translated for me. <laughs> the, yes. the thousand flowers and thousand school of thoughts. Uh, actually, it came out from the early part of Chinese history in Chu, uh, they called the spring and autumn uh, kingdom, like uh, that season, China actually experienced uh, the most, uh, I think, uh, uh, harmonious uh, uh, part of uh, Chinese history in the society. I mean, uh, even had the most peaceful transfer for transfer power happened with the like the f the first king. Uh, volunteer relent power without any bloodshed. Mm -hmm. And um, so they promote that theory. And uh, I think basically um, we can't uh, apply the political liberalism because uh, in the end, uh, in the name of tolerance, uh, you can maybe only tolerance some s school of thoughts but uh, Christian, uh, like uh, a fundamentalist uh, Christian or evangelical Christian, uh, because the 
even the against the pluralism, you can't uh, remove them from society because uh, you know then you violate that spirit of uh, uh, of religious freedom. Right. And um, on the other hand, in the um, uh, Christian theory, I think um, we can't impose. <coughs> I'm sorry, impose our our um, kind of uh, uh, theology. The, uh, theocratic, uh, theocentric right. uh, kind of um, thoughts in the uh, in the um, civil reg uh, magistrate in the governing. Uh, so, uh, I mean that uh, certainly violates uh, the spirit of religious freedom. I mean even Christians are in power or in majority of parliament. We still need to treat everybody equal and actually protect a Buddhist, a Muslim. And even Communist Party, their atheists uh, sh deserve to be treated, to have their thoughts, uh, to not only be believed freely, but also to freely manifest it, not only in private, but in public square. Yeah. And the government has the rule to guarantee that in a constitutional you know, uh, uh, rule of law society. Right. So that's kind of my theory. Okay, and so inclusive pluralism is contextualized in the sense that it's a pluralism letting a hundred flowers bloom, so to speak, yeah. in a country that is not historic, in which Christianity is not historically as strongly rooted That's right, as yeah. it is in Europe. Historically actually but, being suppressed. <laughs> yes, exactly. But in a country that is Christianizing, as you say. Yeah, yeah. So there's this, there's this kind of paradox that's between right. not being historically well-rooted Christianity, but China is Christianizing. I find that very interesting. Yeah. And so there's still a kind of a Christianized element, right? Yes. In, in inclusive pluralism. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I uh, uh, kind of, uh, I, uh, my theological background is uh, in a reformed tradition. Yes, Westminster, uh, I know. Yes, yes, yeah. Westminster. We believe uh, not only the, uh, even after the fall, the creation, uh, God's mandate has a dual, like a gospel mandate and a cultural mandate. Yeah. So uh, as Abraham Kuyper famously declared, not a single inch on this earth that my Lord would not declare mine, right? Yes. I mean, so I'm, but, but Christians, you are like a, a, a call to, be the best stewardship uh, on this earth from environmental to the government. Um, um, but you're not called to suppress others by using uh, what God has given you just uh, in the civil magistrate rule, uh, but to serve, to guarantee everybody is treated with uh, an equal voice. Um, as long as they're not doing that violently, you know, I think the government has to guarantee their, not only the right uh, freedom to believe, as Chinese government, uh, Communist Party, uh, always try to make a distinction between freedom of religious belief versus freedom of religion or religious freedom. To them, religious freedom, religious belief only means you can believe something in your own home or in a you know, very secret place and uh, except, uh, you know, like Falun Gong, they wouldn't even let them believe. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, no uh, public freedom for public manifestation. Every, you know, like even in the church building, you 
have to be regulated what to preach. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can't do evangelism outside the four walls of a church building. Mm -hmm. And now uh, no children under 18 years old in China is even allowed to come close to a church building. Mm -hmm. All Christian children were forced to sign a form to renounce their faith. I mean, that is the reality right now. Yes. So I try to really prepare, you know, uh, really Chinese Christians when, you know, don't be uh, like, uh, be arrogant when you are thinking you will be the 20, 25% of the population and history proves that Christians are natural leaders because they're called. And uh, so when the Christian population reached to 10%, the big chunk of uh, civil servant leadership will be occupied by Christians. Yes. I mean, this you know, in Western Europe and yeah. of course in uh, South Korea, Singapore, and Taiwan, they all, uh, you know, have, have proven this. But, you know, even you, if you are holding the uh, power, uh, political power, uh, you can't just uh, like declare something, you know, uh, of a, uh, imposing your faith to everyone body else. And, uh, yeah, but you still rule in a Christian uh, way, right? I mean, in a way, it's like you still hold your deep conviction that it's God's calling to show compassion. Uh, for everyone. God's calling to treat everybody equally and freely. Yeah, That's excellent. So I think that's a really important point that you just brought out that um, as China Christianizes, continues to Christianize, yeah. Yeah. if God so wills that it continues to Christianize, that's right. um, Christian Chinese Christians need to remember not to become arrogant, that's right. but to remain humble, humble yeah, and compassionate. Humble. That's right. That, that is excellent. I have one last question. Um, so as one of the preeminent people in the world advocating for democracy and religious freedom in China, what can American Christians or Western Christians in general do in order to help the process along of the democratization of China and the growth of Christianity in China. Is there anything that we can do? Yeah, I think uh, on the one hand, we all should be optimistic because uh, it is almost, I mean, it's an unstoppable, unstoppable trend, uh, you know, in the uh, Christianization in China. Uh, we know how the Lord's hands is already moving. On the other hand, uh, the millions of Chinese Christians are still under daily attack persecution, imprisonment, just uh, uh, the past few weeks we have like a Christian, uh, one Christian uh, pastor couple, husband and wife were sentenced to 12 years for printing Bibles and a uh, group of Christians were sentenced eight years, seven years for holding like uh, a copy of uh, the uh, uh, Pilgrim's Progress. As evil cult literature, and John Calvin's uh, uh, Institute of, uh, of Christian Religion mm -hmm. is an evil cult uh, literature. Mm -hmm. Eight years, seven years uh, imprisonment, mm -hmm. and uh, so these still uh, crying out for the international uh, community, especially our Christian community, to uh, help uh, spread their voice and to um, uh, sub, uh, basically advocate for them, to show solidarity with them, 
as the Bible teaches us, uh, to remember those who are in bond, mm -hmm. uh, in prison, as if we are their fellow prisoners. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, uh, their every day, uh, that's the Ministry of China Aid that uh, uh, we, in the past 20 years, we have been um, hold that uh, um, uh, very dearly um, on the on the one hand yeah we said okay yeah we can't be uh, paranoid like uh, uh, thinking all oh, the communist party is winning mm -hmm. uh, and uh, suppress the church and uh, nobody's allowed to uh, worship uh, openly in any public spaces now and especially this brutal dictator Xi Jinping mm -hmm. and with the genocide like concentration camps and uh, so by the way the concentration camps not only holding uh, Uyghur Muslims there are Uyghur Christians there are Kazakh Christians there are uh, yes. you know Kyrgyz Christians ethnic ethnically in Xinjiang Mm -hmm. Many of them, we are actually supporting them um, in many ways, I can't disclose. But on the, on the other hand, they are still needing our voice. And we are still one body of Christ. You know, if one part suffers, the whole body suffers. Yes. So that's my call. Uh, I said every brother and sisters who heard these stories, uh, we can do something. We can pray for them. We can write letters uh, with the prisoner of conscience. You know, we list posted on chinaaid.org, our website, mm -hmm. with the prison address, you can write something. And uh, even if, it, I mean, sometimes they couldn't receive it, but the prison guards will receive it. Uh, history has told us repeatedly that um, if you have 100, 1,000 letters received, uh, the prison guards would uh, end up uh, asking the prisoner, uh, the mm -hmm. uh, Christian prisoner said, how many overseas relatives do you have? And always increase their, uh, improve their prison condition. Yes. So we can't stop there. Of course, uh, you know, financially uh, contribute and support them too. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you so much. Um, I just think this is a very exciting book here by Bob Fu, The Politics of Inclusive Pluralism, a, a scholarly book by a visionary man who has a vision for China that you have been working on um, helping to achieve for more than 20 years. And so Thank you. if you want to find out what a possible vision is for a Christianized democratic China, then this is the book to read. Thank you very much, Bob. Oh, thank you, Todd. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Middle East Bio podcast features conversations with authors about publications on a range of issues impacting religious freedom in the Middle East, including governance and security, humanitarian assistance, geopolitics and foreign policy, human rights, and much more. To find more of these conversations and to learn more about the work of the Religious Freedom Institute, visit rfi.org.